Maximize Your Influence is your podcast for the latest persuasion, sales, and negotiation techniques. Our mission is to help you influence on command, anyone, anytime, anywhere. Your host is the author of Persuasion IQ, Laws of Charisma, and the best-selling book, Maximum Influence. Now, your host, Kurt Mortensen. Hey, hey, and welcome back to Maximize Your Influence. Kurt Mortensen here, episode 201. And of course, last time was episode 200. Thanks for your feedback, your emails, your support, your love, your kindness. Appreciate all those. And of course, we'll keep the special up for another week at HealThePain.com. So kind of a dead month for me. Not a lot of travel, enjoying summer, the heat, the wakeboarding. We are big into lake therapy, as you know, if you listen to the podcast. It's kind of the lull before the storm, before school starts. Not a lot happening. Businesses are getting ready to wind up and get some things done. So I'm excited to get back into that grind. But it's good to enjoy some time off, and hopefully you're doing the same. If you have children or hanging out, enjoying nature, uh, nature therapy, lake therapy, water therapy, beach therapy, whatever you want to call it, make sure you're doing it so you can uh, last a little longer. Got to have some fun. That's the key, of course. And of course, if we're here to learn about persuasion and influence and negotiation and self-persuasion and mindset and things that will make a big difference in your life and in your income. So let's start off today with the article of the day. And let's try to do sound. Let me know if you like it. We're not quite sure on that sound. If you've listened for a while, Steve Olson liked the Urkel sound. I'm not a big fan of that, but some of you do like it. So I'm willing to go with the majority. So this article does not come from some obscure journal, which I tend to find here. This is a combination of Inks Magazine, Forbes Magazine, and Harvard Business Review, and Simon Sinek. And he's a leadership author. He's done a lot of research and a lot of great stuff on how great leaders inspire everyone to take action. It's also a TED Talk if you want to take a look it up. But he said, okay, what is the main thing with a leader? What is the key skill? Of course, we all want to know the number one. What is the number one thing? And I think we're always disappointed when we hear because we want to hear something different. So it always goes back to the basic. And he talks about basically it's personal development. That is the key. Leadership is a skill, a learnable, practical skill. But you have to understand that most leaders don't consider themselves experts because they're always learning. They're always growing. They're students. One of my early mentors, the personal development speaker, Jim Rohn, says, be a student, be a follower. I mean, read the books, talk to the expert, take what works for you. And that's the key. Also, Jim Rohn taught me early on in my career, as he mentioned me, is that all leaders are readers. And that's true. They're always learning and they're growing. And that's what Cynic says, says, great leaders are those who consider themselves students regardless of their status. And so take a look at that, understand that, but let me give you a few points here. He talks about this, this is in Harvard Business Review, and I'll post this link, that we got to embrace the beginner's mind, that we're all starting somewhere, that we can always learn new things, that we can always change different thoughts, different perspectives, and that is the key. Because when you become that leader, which you really aren't a leader because you have the wrong mindset, that you know everything, your way's the right way, there's no other options and no other thoughts, especially in today's fast-moving technological world, things are changing real fast. And so always begin with the beginner's mind. And then he pulled out a Forbes, which I thought was really interesting, and I'll post this link too, that explore non-work topics. And I'm a guilty of this one. I mean, you look at the number of persuasion, influence, negotiation books I have, and business books, I have quite a few, but it's good to go out there and look at different talks and gains in different presentations, different thoughts, different sciences, Different theories, different points of view could be a, a big eye-opener for you. 
I mean, if you are into sales, maybe in your sales, you want to study more about the economy. If you're in the economy, you want to study more about organizational behavior. The more you learn, the more it broadens your depth, gives you more ideas, more thoughts, and you're more willing to accept new ideas because you understand them. Because most people reject new ideas because they don't understand them. They don't get them. And then he also talked about using others as a resource. And I'm a big believer in this. I also learned this from Jim Rohn that every challenge, every obstacle you're going to face in life, your personal life or in business, someone's already faced that obstacle, overcome that obstacle, and written a book about it. <laughs> okay? So take the two years and figure it out on your own, and you're smart enough to do that, or take the two weeks and read the book, mentor with someone, take an expert to lunch, listen to a podcast, a book on audio, read the book, have your department read a book together and talk about it. Those are the things. Especially when you talk about the world of sales and influence, top salespeople are more than happy to go to lunch with people and talk to people and help them out, but a lot of people never ask them. And here's this resource of knowledge that can save you years of hard work, hundreds of thousands of dollars, whatever it is, talk to those persons. This is real. Get on the personal development program. Don't listen to music in your car. And you're not taking your career seriously if you're doing that. Get the books. Get the audios. Listen to the podcast. I want to recommend this one to your friends. Like us on iTunes. Whatever you need to do. I'm kind of probably preaching to the choir here because you're listening to the podcast, right? You already know how important this is. But let me share one final thing from you. This is a Harvard study, and Brian Tracy talks about this. He's a big believer in personal development also. He says that those that are learning and growing every day are more optimistic about life. They're more enthusiastic about where they're going, what they're going to accomplish. But those who aren't learning and growing every day become very negative, pessimistic, doubtful about themselves and their future. And so it does something to your psyche. You walk differently. You think differently. It's, it's a huge thing for you to be able to understand for what it does. Not only does it make you the expert, but you feel like the expert. It just changes everything. So something to think about in the article. I've talked about it before. If you want more information on that and Brian Tracy and goals and personal development, go to podcast 189. And of course, those archives are available to become a member. There's a free membership to InfluenceUniversity.com. In fact, go there. Take a look at our 52-week PhD program if you're really serious about learning the skills of persuasion and influence. Because we don't have a lot of time on this show. But if you want to take a deep dive every week, learn a new lesson, new skill, InfluenceUniversity.com is a great resource where I put everything together. And easy to understand weekly programs. You can go as fast or slow as you want, or you can just find the things that are giving you a hard time and study those. So take a look. That's my plug for InfluenceUniversity.com. Now, I was getting a lot of great emails I was reading from last week's podcast number 200. We talked about words that kill persuasion and words that help persuasion. And remember, every word matters. So let's switch gears and do the persuasion ninja. If you're new to the show, we have the persuasion blunder sometimes, and sometimes we do the ninja, so here's the ninja sound. Go! And some listeners are telling me that's not quite a ninja, but I like the sound. It sounds good. This is the ninja, someone who's really using these persuasion skills in a great way. And the winner this week is Chili's, the restaurant. And a lot of restaurants are really good with this. I just happened to notice this because of the emails I was receiving about the words they use on a restaurant menu. If you want to study verbal packaging that we talked about last week, read restaurant menus. It's a whole science. So I was looking at it, and I just kind of took a mental note, took a picture here. This is their smokehouse combos. Now listen to this word choice. So the first thing it says is smoked low and slow in-house with 100% natural pecan wood. Wow, that sounds good. Now, I know that smoking slow is a good thing. Probably low temperature. I'm not sure about that one. 
100% natural pecan wood. I don't know. Is that better than almond wood or <laughs> cherry wood? Right? But it just sounds good. And a lot of times they use things that we have no idea. It just sounds good. And then they say new. That's always a great point. You don't want to order the same thing in a restaurant. You just want something new. So they say new smoked bone-in barbecue chicken breast, new jalapeno cheddar smoked sausage, hand-battered chicken crispers, or a half rack of house-smoked baby back ribs. Serve with new roasted street corn, <laughs> home-style fries, chicken garlic toast, and garlic dill pickles. You're like, yeah, it's just meat. It's rib. You want some meat? You want some chicken? <laughs> right? All of a sudden, it's just triggering us. They talk about roasted street corn. I don't know. They're getting corn off the street. Home-style fries. Those are French fries. <laughs> just a nice way to say that is, of course, garlic dill pickles. So, <laughs> that is perfect. I mean, we laugh about it, and when it's on the radar, it's obvious. But this is all below the radar when we read it. We're like, yeah, giddy up. This is good stuff. Get me some more. And so, they are our ninja of the week. And think about that as you described your product, your service. Or you get to their dessert. You know, I'm a dessert guy. I typically eat dessert first because why not? That's the best part. It bothers some restaurants and some people, but I'm thinking if that's the best part, I don't want to be full at the end. Let's get dessert first. And so I started off with Oreo topped molten cake. And this one's also new. So we have something that's familiar there, Oreo. But get that Oreo topped molten cake. And this is what they say. Presenting a whole new twist on America's favorite cookie. <laughs> okay. A decadent cream-filled cake topped with a scoop of vanilla ice cream, Oreo cookie pieces, and a drizzle of chocolate sauce. And here's the best one. Here's your scarcity. Limited availability. <laughs> okay? So, wow. There's your ninja of the week. Learn from that when you go to the restaurants. Read them. Smile about it. But it's true. It works. It makes a huge difference. There's a whole science with restaurant menus, the words you use, talking about different regions. I mean, I could spend a whole show on this. We did it last week, so I'm just going to point this out because of the emails this week. That is our Ninja of the Week. Chili's, good job on your restaurant menus. So as a trainer, a negotiator, there's questions that come up all the time. And one of the big ones, especially for rookie salespeople, is price, 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 price. It's too expensive, price, price, price. Now, I'll just tell you that price is not the issue. You are the issue. So I want to spend this podcast, and I might have to kind of go into the next podcast too, on the psychology of price, I want to give you some techniques that make price a non-issue. Not one or two techniques. I want to give you quite a few techniques that will make a huge difference. And that will depend on time. But I want to give you some tools right now to help you realize that price is not the issue. You are the issue. So in fact, only 6% of the things are bought on price. Now, sure, 67% of the time it's the knee-jerk reaction. Too expensive. Can't afford it. Don't have the time. We have this concept where we know it gets rid of people. And I love what Warren Buffett said. He says, price is what you pay, value is what you get. So we got to get away from price and think about value. What are you getting here? That is the key thing. Because I do not want you to fight on price. That means you have no persuasion skills or tools. That means you've blown your presentation. If you're fighting on price, anybody can do that. A 10-year-old can do that. Don't fight on price. Build the value, get the skills, get the tools. And that's what this podcast is for, is to get those tools. I'm talking about that psychology of price. Now, here's the key thing. When you're talking about your product, your service, your idea, your charity, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Are they comparing that to a used car or a Rolls Royce? That is up to you. Because this is all about human perception. The human mind, when you talk about getting your product, your service, your idea, whatever it is, has to find a benchmark or comparison to make judgments. We are looking at something that maybe is unfamiliar, a new product, maybe we don't know what it is. 
We have to compare it to past experience, our knowledge, other products we've used, and our brain will always attempt to contrast your product or service. Is it the best, the worst, the cheapest, the most expensive? Is it safe? Is it risky? Is it familiar? Is it strange? And so you have to take a look at what are they comparing your product to? They have to compare it to something. If it's so brand new they can't compare it to anything, like the post-it notes we've already been talking about before, it was so new and different, it failed at first. And so they have to compare it to something a little bit. And so again, is it a used car or is it a Rolls Royce? This is kind of an internal judgment. We look at patterns, opposites, options, what are the difference, the value, is it the highest, is it the lowest? And so you get to decide where you're going to start that benchmark. What are they comparing it to? Are they comparing it to McDonald's or the Chili's like we talked about today or to Ruth Chris if you've been to that steakhouse, which is awesome. What are they comparing it to? It's not just food. Yes, it's food. No, what kind of food is it? What are they comparing it to? Obviously, if they're comparing to McDonald's, you're not going to get a very good price for it. If they're comparing to Ruth Chris, you can get a great price for it. And so you have to really understand how that works. And we got to get past that price thing. When the value's there, it doesn't matter. It does not matter. And they were doing some MRIs, and they noticed with products that some cause irritation. When the price causes irritation, it causes people to resist. And so we want to make it easy and not irritate the brain. You want to build a value to make it a no-brainer. You don't want to say it's too expensive. Thank them say, yeah, I can't afford it right now, but it's a great offer. That's better than it's too expensive because that's a knee-jerk reaction most of the time. In fact, an interesting thing I do in seminar kind of illustrate this to that money's money. Price is price. you got to build the value. I'll pull out a $20 bill, and I'll say, who would like to buy this? And they kind of look at me in a strange way. I says, I'm selling it for a penny. And they look at me, and I'm like, I'm serious. First one to give me a penny. They all go through their pockets or purses. First one runs up, gives me a penny, and I give them the 20 They're like, wait a minute. That was too easy. I'm like, no, that's yours. Keep it. And then I ask him, well, why did you do that? He's like, it was a good deal. I'm like, don't you need to think about it? Don't you need to talk to your spouse? Go to my website, read my books? Finish the seminar? Don't you need to do that? He's like, no, it's a no-brainer. Aha, ding, 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 no-brainer, exactly. It's easy. And so if you can package your product that way, and that's what I'm going to give you some tools to do, then it makes it much, much easier. Then I take that penny and I sell it for 100 And I ask him, can I sell this for 100 this penny? They're like, well, no. I'm like, okay, well, I sell about penny. It's an engraving of Lincoln. It's made of copper. It's worth more than a penny. And they're like, okay, whatever. And then I said, okay, but wait, there's more, which is one of the tools I'll be teaching you. I'm going to give you my magnetic persuasion series with the 18 CDs, the books, and the manuals, a $1,000 value. I am also going to give you a one-hour consult, and that's worth $400. And I just build a value, and someone comes up with a $100 bill and buys it. Buys a penny for 100 So it's, again, it's all relative. What you add, what you do, the perception. Let me say it again. Are they comparing it to a used car? Or I better say Mercedes here because I just said trading for Mercedes. Are they comparing it to a used car or a Mercedes? We want to make this as easy as possible. So I'm not going to share how many we're going to get through here, but I got quite a list to teach you. This is also known as the law of contrast. Let me go into number one. First of all, it's your mindset. You've got to fix your brain. That's true with anything that I've talked about, that self-persuasion, that mindset. I love Dan Kennedy. He teaches marketing. He's, he teaches entrepreneurs how to be better at marketing and get more prospects and convert more prospects to customers. And he says this. It's really interesting. He says, just take a deep breath and add a zero. Because entrepreneurs especially, they discount their own value because it's themselves. It's different when your company's mandated the price. But take a deep breath, add a zero. You're worth it. Why are you discounting yourself? All right, someone's going to take their money and it might as well be you because if the other person takes the money... That's probably an inferior product. They're not going to serve them as well as you do. And 
That's why I always say you have a moral and ethical obligation to persuade people, to influence people, because if you don't, someone else will. Someone's going to take their money. It might as well be you, because you're going to offer them a better service. You are going to solve their problem. Do not discount yourselves or your company. And even if you're selling your company's product, you're too close to know the value. You've been around too much. You've seen the, the mistakes in your company. You might know some of the flaws. But hey, you're too close. Go with the value. <laughs> Man up, woman up. Get the confidence. You're worth it. Your product's worth it. You're solving problems. This is very, very important. Part of this, too, is becoming a product of the product, using the product, loving the product. That is a key factor for you. If you don't love your product, well, I'm not going to tell you what to do, but you really need to think about it. You need to be a product of the product, believe in your product, use your product. And, and that's one of the challenges I have dealing with customer service because they're into influence. I have to teach them persuasion, too, is they only hear the one half of 1% of the people that are upset, didn't work, very, very negative, and they could really suck the life out of you and, and hurt your psyche and your brain. If you work with customer service, you're in customer service, you've got to look at the success stories. You've got to look at the other 99% that's changing their lives. Otherwise, it's just math. Psychologically, it will suck the life out of you. And last part here with your mindset. Remember I've talked about T, the acronym TEA, that your thoughts control your emotions, your emotions control your actions. What are your thoughts about your product, your service, your pricing? What is your demeanor when you talk about price? And that's a big complaint. Remember, one of the fun things that I get to do is I get to interview prospects after they've lied to you, okay? One of their complaints is that your demeanor changes. When you get to price, you get all nervous, you get all tense, you get all serious. And they're like, hey, what happened to people person? Why are they so tense? And then subconsciously, you're transferring this weakness, this fear that might not work. It might be too expensive. They might not want to do it. You've got to really be confident about your product, your service. Another interesting thing as we get to the, the close or the objections you're going to get, this one just blows my mind and logically doesn't make a lot of sense, but scientifically it's been proven, and I've proven it with my research, these objections. Now, hold on. Listen to this. The objection you get the most is the objection you still have. Did you catch that? The objection you get the most is the objection that you still have. Wow. So if you do not think it's worth it, if price is an issue for you, if that's your personal objection, you got to fix that real fast. It's almost like we manifest our fear, manifest the objections we don't want to get. Those are the ones you're going to get. And so be careful. Know that you're a product of the product that you believe in. And it's mindset. This is the most important thing I can teach you because that is the key. Take a deep breath, swallow, and add a zero. And another thing that Dan Kennedy talked about that's really interesting because he sold marketing products at seminars and there's always those that complain. And he found that those that are complaining and whining about price and value, even though you've built that, they're the ones with no money. They're broke. They wanted it but couldn't do it and they're going to complain to you about it. So don't let that small minority suck the life out of you. Again, take a deep breath, add a zero, change your demeanor, get confident, man up, woman up. You are a product of the product. You are worth it. That moral and ethical obligation that you've got to sell them because if you don't, somebody else will and they will not take care of them as well as you. All right, that is number one. Number two, this is known as sweeten the deal or deaden the deal, right? There's two things here. It's kind of sweeten the pot versus the kitchen sink. And I want to go talk about both of those. So the first one is sweeten the pot, sweeten the deal, all right? You see this one on infomercials, and it's a great technique because, first of all, infomercials are not late at night because your resistance is lower, right? You're like, wow, it cuts through a shoe, <laughs> okay? That's the first thing to understand. But then you see this George Foreman grill, for example, and your mind says, wow, I'd pay 50 bucks for that. They start really high. We'll talk about that in a bit. 
$150. You're like, but your brain's saying 50 bucks. They're saying 150 bucks. And of course, it slowly comes down, right? Maybe it's three easy payments of $20 or whatever they come down to. So the key thing here, sweeten the pot is this, is when they say, but wait, there's more. We found that on internet marketing sites and infomercials that people buy for, but wait, there's more of those bonuses, more than the actual product. That is the key thing. The lesson here is that if you package everything together, it diminishes the value of everything. If you're selling your house for $300,000, you're like, sure, will you get the piano and the cupboards of the garage and the play set? And you're like, no, no, the house is $300,000, but wait, you know, the piano, we're going to include that. That's worth $4,000, the place that's worth $2,000, the cupboards are worth $3,000. All of a sudden, you have this extra value that has a higher perceived value. In fact, they did a study at a bake sale. So the first day, they're like, hey, one cupcake and two cookies. I think it's a buck, right? One cupcake and two cupcakes for a buck. And 40% bought. But here's the sweet in the deal. Here's the key. The next day, they say, hey, cupcakes are a buck. But, you know, we've got these cookies worth 50 cents as a bonus. That we're going to give to you increase from 40% to 70%. Logically the same, but psychologically price is a huge issue. You have to package it in the right way. Or you might see the, or in the supermarket, you might see diapers, for example, that say save 20% or save 40% or an extra five diapers, right? The price is the price, but they're giving you more. Even simple things if you went to the mall to buy chocolate by the pound. They're harder to find nowadays, but... Just the way they pour the chocolate. If they pour the chocolate in by the pound, oh, too much, they start taking it away. You're like, wait a minute. <laughs> you can't do that. Versus they pour a little in, they pour a little more, a little more, three, four, five scoops. Same pound of chocolate, two different reactions. And so make sure you don't put everything together. You want to sweeten the deal. Keep it separate, especially in negotiations. You even see this on car stickers. Like if you're shopping for a car, they have everything listed in the price, but then they put it in a big package deal, but they've separated everything. Now, this is sweeten the deal. Now, I talk about dead in the deal. There are times in a place if you want to reduce the value of everything, I call it dead in the deal or dead in the pain. You've got to be careful there. Sometimes you want to say you get all this for this. There's a time and place for this in a negotiation. If you're shooting really low, you could put it all together. And part of that, too, is our mindset. For example, say you went to Chili's, right? And you ordered nachos. You're like, well, how much are the nachos? Well, the, the chips are a penny a piece. And every time you dip them in the salsa, it's two cents. And every time you dip it in the cheese sauce, it's five cents. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's way too much. We can't do that. Or if you bought sushi and you had to pay a dollar for every bite, our brain does not like that. It's like cha-ching, 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 cha-ching. We found that a lot of times all you can eat, put it all together, actually is a time to deaden the pain of the price, to realize you can charge more because you get everything. For example, if you went to a Marriott resort, you're just cha-ching, soda cha-ching, alcohol cha-ching, food cha-ching, room cha-ching. After a while, it just drives you nuts. You just, everything, they're getting you from all corners and you're just like, well, how much is this going to cost? Versus going on a cruise. It's all included. This is the percent you pay at the end to your butler or your room steward. It's different. And so there are time and places like cruises or all-you-can-eat restaurants, that type of thing that you can put everything together, and that deadens the pain a little bit. And so there's kind of the contrast there how that works. So that is a great tool, a couple great techniques to help you out with price. Wow, well, I'm out of time for this weekly podcast. I don't know if you want more, but I've got a lot more techniques. So let me hold over to the next show because I want to make sure I hit these in detail that you can use these tools to realize that price is not the issue. You're the issues. Get the new tools and techniques. 
I will revisit that on the next podcast. Please like us on iTunes. You can find us on Pinterest, Facebook at Maximize Your Influence. Let your friends, families, enemies, coworkers know about the podcast. I do appreciate that. Master these skills. It'll make a huge difference in your life and your income. And as you do that, go out and persuade with power.